Good morning, <laughs> evening, or afternoon. You're listening to Freestyle Friday on the Distraction Network, recorded in Lynx Recording Studios. I am your host, Holiday. And today we're going to talk about <laughs> nothing. <laughs> All right, so... Um, it is Freestyle Friday. We're not going to be back until February, but I want to take this time right now because we are about culture, what's going on in our culture, and talk to you about what's what's going on in 2019, 2019-2020. We're about to get out of this whole decade and move into the 20s. Which is, um, whew, I graduated in 2000, y'all. <laughs> so my 20, 20 year reunion coming around the corner. So what I want to do is, is talk about some things in the culture that's changed from when I graduated in 19, 2000 <laughs> to 2019 and 2020 as we go into this. First of all, the biggest thing that changed was uh, in 1999, we had a lot of people scared of the Y2K bug. And as far as the whole world knew, it was everyone. Every single machine out there was prone to Y2K. And this is not just Windows computers. Like when you're in your computer lab tapping on the computer, because back then we didn't have smartphones. <laughs> so this was your computer, your television, your VCR, your car. Like this is when we found out that basically everything that we have has code written in it. Not not this is when we, this is when people where I'm from found out that our little remote control <laughs> was a computer. <laughs> so people's beepers and their uh, two-way text machines was, was fucked up. So it was going through a hard time. So basically we thought at the turn of the century, life was going to change. We was going to go through Armageddon. Shit was about to blow the fuck up. We was going to be dead. But um, midnight came. And we realized we wasn't dead. So it, it started with me around 9 o'clock. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's like midnight on the European side of the country. And that, that's when I was like, okay, we should be good. But just engage. Let me just lay in this bed and be scared. So <laughs> I watched the ball drop in my aunt's. Um, so I moved from my mom's house. I lived by myself for like two weeks and forgot about the word bills. Uh, and didn't have a job, so I moved in with my aunt. And um, I watched New Year's come in, laying in my bed, watching the ball drop, and watching the uh, 100 
the top 100 music videos of the century. So, <laughs> um, MTV's came on, I think, a couple of days before that. But BET's uh, came on, I think, that day. And then uh, they they said that it's not going to be Thriller. Like, they was making a big thing of it. it oh, it's not going to be Thriller. The number one video would not be Thriller. And then Thriller was number two. Martin Luther King's speech was number one. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot that was a lot man so <clears throat> that was the biggest thing that happened like the biggest difference is in 1999 we were terrified of technology and it's it's like we embrace it now but we embrace it finding out that the whole reason we was terrified of technology it's the reason why we should not be embracing it today because we everything that computers do now is what we thought it can do and we were so scared of it in the 90s in the 90s we was like okay they could track everything that you do you would not be alone in 90s 80s 70 we used to laugh at our uncles that wore uh, aluminum hats <laughs> talking about oh they sending microwaves through our heads um, and getting getting all the information that they came from us, um, even though they were wrong about microwave signals come through your head, they were right about ciphering information from us because that's been going on for decades. On top of decades, it's been going on for generations now. But um, right now, at this moment, they don't need to send microwave information to our heads they just tricked everybody into giving them the information <laughs> like right now um there's a facebook app well facebook is we don't even have to go into the weeds just facebook alone is terrible with your information not terrible for them terrible for you with your information <laughs> um but just just case in point messenger had people not taking the time to realize that there is a separate app for messages going on Facebook. Hmm. And mostly everything that you type in Messenger, like if you start talking to somebody in Messenger about a bathing suit, you start getting advertised for bathing suits and that other person. It might even leak over to your Google account. When you log into Google, you go search for stuff. You see little bathing suits in the ads on the corner. So, um, yeah. So the biggest difference, the biggest difference from 1999 to 2019 in these past 20 years is back then we were terrified as a whole of technology, information technology. In 2019, we embrace it maybe to a default of ourselves. <laughs> all right. So um, another thing that's changed other than me being all gray bearded when I didn't even have a beard in 1999. Is we have some dead people that were icons back then we have we're missing prince which is 
the orchestrator of the song 1999. Tonight we're gonna party like it's 1999. Michael Jackson's gone. And we, we are missing a bunch of other people, but it's no need to get through it. So we're missing, like, the two biggest icons, which it happens. You know what I'm saying? Um, But um, this brings me to why we are missing these icons. So, again, back in 1999, there was something completely different going on than what's going on now in this specific area specific area um for the most part even though artists were on drugs they didn't want you to know that like i've been around the music industry a long time and i can tell you now almost everybody is on drugs like the artists the actual artists almost everybody is on drugs um you have producers that be on drugs sometimes um and I'm saying drugs is everything, everything in general, other than tobacco. I, I think tobacco is a drug, but that's neither here nor there. It's not considered a drug. Marijuana is considered a drug still in most states and federally, all federally. So we'll go from marijuana, mar- marijuana and beyond. Um, everybody's on drugs. Most people in Hollywood, most people in entertainment. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Um <clears throat> I mentioned this before, but uppers and downers. So when you are, like, especially in the middle of a tour, you have obligations you have to meet. And you have people on the back end looking for their pay. They're depending on you to do what you got to do so they can get paid. And you have a lot of people under you, like your entourage and your family members, that's depending on you to do what you got to do so they can leech off you. That's the way I'm going to say it. Um, so you have all these obligations everywhere. And you need to keep a schedule. You need to keep your schedule tight. You need to make this money so that everybody can get broke off. You know what I'm saying? And really the only way to do it is through speed and cocaine and all this other stuff. Like, I, I naturally don't need much sleep and i'm in my late 30s now and it's starting to catch up to me like i actually am starting to sleep more um i still have not (laughs) i still beat the sun up every morning but i was waking up at four o'clock every morning and i was closer to about 5 30 like it just happened like over the last month or so it's been about 5 30 um but I only need about four to six hours of sleep. Now it's closer to six hours instead of four. Um, I was going to bed at one o'clock or uh, 12 o'clock, waking up at four o'clock. I did that for like the past three years, almost every single morning. Um, but but that's just, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just saying that it's a rarity for people, period. So with me being able to sleep as little as I sleep, I was able to be in entertainment, entertainment and not be on drugs, not need to sniff cocaine in order to stay in this studio session. Like I'm literally in the session and a lot of producers don't um, be on anything anyway, 
other than maybe a sip of beer or something like that because they need to concentrate on what they're doing. Like, <laughs> um, an artist could go in high. An engineer cannot be fucked up while they're on the track. Engineering your shit. So, um, I'm only talking about artists here for now. But, um, I wasn't around this era, but the rock and roll era, black rock and roll, um, <laughs> even the white rock and roll era, everybody know they were on drugs. They was on anything they could say. It's part of their biography and stuff. But usually, especially when you came to hip hop, R&B, they kept drugs down to um, a secret. Like, we didn't know Whitney Houston was cracked out. Oh, that's another one that's gone. Uh, we didn't know Prince and Michael Jackson was on um, Ephemeral. I think that's what it was. We didn't know they was on drugs, prescribed <laughs> by a doctor. Very strong drugs to keep, put them to sleep. Um, because I've seen personally people that, I mean, they keep it simple, cocaine and marijuana. It's cocaine to get them up and going the weed to calm them down. And then they progress from weed to pills. Um, the pills put them to sleep. <laughs> and then they just get stronger and stronger from there. So I've I've seen that. And so I know why they do it. But um, in the music industry, that was something that was hidden from a lot of people. Like we didn't know that everybody basically was on drugs. And now... <laughs> with um the new rappers the new hip-hop artists the new r&b singers like it is a a thing to be high a drug addict they even have a song called drug addict by i don't want to call the wrong names out but there's drug addict songs out there there's people that whine and um people that whine about being on drugs and how much they love being a drug addict. Like, and that's crazy to me. Like, <laughs> These are the people that we are listening to and our children are listening to. People that say, yes, I am high and I need to be high. I cannot live if I'm not high. I need to be high. Like, shit like that. That's, that's, I don't understand that. But again, that's the difference between 2009, <laughs> 2019. I'm also going to say another difference is in hip-hop now. Um, I We have rappers that sing more than they rap. Like, they call themselves a rapper, but they sing more than they rap. Um, like, let's see. Shit, all of one. Juice World, um, SSS Tenacion, used to. He's dead. Um, shot. Uh... What's that little dude named Lil Pump? Future. Migos. Migos does it. It's it's I can't tell you what they're doing. Like it's <laughs> it's rapping and singing at the same time, but it's three of them, so I don't know if like all of them sound the same to me too. Like if they don't say their name, I don't know who it is. I don't even know their names. Like, let's see. Um, 
Nope, can't name none of them right now. Uh, Shram Life, uh, Ray Shremmer, like all of them. That so, rappers now are singers. They're singers more than they rappers. Um, and that, that's weird for me as well. Like T Pain, T Pain was originally a rapper that started singing, and singing took off for him, so he kept singing. And then in his last couple of albums, he might have rapped one song on each one, just to show everybody that he's a good rapper too. But for the most part, T-Pain, he sung. He was a rapper turned singer. So he sung. But um, all the new ones now, all the new ones that people listen to the most, like, Sing, so that that was another big difference to me. Another difference is, and it's probably because of all the singing now. But R and B is is not the same, and I mean that by it used to be in 1999. We used to be able to roll up on on the station. Uh, I'm from South Carolina. I'm from the Midlands of South Carolina, so. We listen to the Big DM. Shout out Big DM One on One FM. Um, <laughs> so if we want to listen to some R and B, pop that on. We know that we know what times put it on. We know that when the sun go down, it ain't Friday night. You can put on some Big DM and be able to slide through. Somebody. You. We know that if you're making a tape, you can get up on Saturday morning. And make yourself a tape. And people don't know about making tapes. That's when you take a uh, recording tape. You put it in a radio. Or we call that stereo. Put it in stereo. <laughs> you push the tape in. You can push play and record at the same time. And record everything coming off the radio onto that tape. So if you want to make a tape, what you do is you listen on Saturday mornings. And then whenever that um, song come on that you like... You record it. When the song goes off, turn it off. You wait for another song to come on, you like, record it. Turn it off. And then you have basically a whole CD worth, 60 minutes worth of songs that you like, that you take over your girl house, and that y'all end up locking together for an hour or so. Flip the tape, 30 minutes at a time. You, could, you and your girl could love it together. <laughs> so... We knew a time to get on BitDM um, and record R&B songs so that we can do the do. Or just listen to it. Just chill out and clean up or something like that. We knew a time to go on so we could listen to hip-hop music. Record the hip-hop music, do the same thing. Use the clean up, go play basketball, something like that. Chill out on a block, you know what I'm saying? Um, but nowadays, like, it is... You have to listen to hip hop to get your R and B now. <laughs> like we have, we have singers. I don't want to call their names that I'd be all wrong because I thought one person was somebody, but it's not. Um, I just found out that it's the Tiana Marie. It's not the woman that's married to the basketball player. But so. I guess I won't be calling her name out today. But yeah, you you don't have like you don't have the Monica's and the Brandies and uh even like Missy Elliott's. You don't have them today. You don't have genuine I mean you have them. <laughs> but
but they already on tour. They doing their old stuff. Like you have to go back to the '90s and get you some good music. Um, 2000s sometimes too. You got Chris Brown out there. Um, but you have to go back to get some R and B music. That's not like heavy R and B that's competing with hip hop coming out right now every day. So that that's that's like a big thing because I think I think the problem is it's not a problem, but I think what's going on now is you have all of it mixed together in one thing. It's just now now it's the music. It's popular music and it's in the same song you get you some R and B, you get you some rap. Not good R and B, but you get some <laughs> You get some R&B and some rap. And it, it's like, um, if you heard R&B on a rap album, it was an R&B singer featured on that rap album to do their damn thing on it. But now it's the rapper doing his own R&B hooks and stuff. So that that's just another difference thing. Um, Culture wise. All right, guys, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this one because history is starting to fade away. Like people are forgetting their history. <sighs> if you listen to discussions, you would already heard me say this again. But 1999, right? If you look back through that whole decade, we didn't have a black president. You look through the whole century. No black president. The whole history of the United States of America. No black president. But in 2008, something happened. We had a black president. And that black president came in as the leader of the free world. And did what he could for America. And I'm saying like that because the complaint now is... I mean, he's been out of office three years. I'm going to tell you how significant it was that he was the president of the United States. As he was being inaugurated as the president of the United States, there was a secret meeting going on between the biggest and the racist, with the biggest and the racist. And it was how to re-retool the Republican Party. To keep our heritage, quotation marks around heritage. But um, he was. It was that significant and that much pain to white people that to have a black person voted in as president. So they set out a campaign. Um, campaign went off in different spurts, but um, this is when the Tea Party was formed. This is when the GOP started taking hold. GOP to me means. I'm racist. I'm just going to put it out there in front of y'all because that's the difference between a racist and a GOP person. <laughs> Excuse me. That was my engineer who was me. Um, that's the difference between a Republican and GOP. So, and the Tea Party. GOP and Tea Party. GOP comes from the Tea Party. Um, so, I was Republican for a long time. But, um... Barack Obama did the best he could when everything was partisan in the White House in D.C. <clears throat> he was able to get some laws changed. 
He was able to, and everybody knows, like, the first four years is when you do, like, omnidirectional shit, shit that's better for everybody, right? And then you get four more years where you start making your name. So in the eight-year presidency, the first four years is usually, uh, all right, so let's do these things so I can start making my mark as the president. This is what I'm going to be known for. When you get them last four years, you don't have anything else to campaign for. You start doing your thing that everybody really start knowing you for. So you can get your name in the first four years, but you cement your legacy in the last four years. So the goal of the GOP or the Tea Party was to make sure Barack Obama was not able to cement his legacy. The first thing they had to do was make sure they can get hold of the Senate and the House of Representatives. So they launched a huge four-year campaign to try to get Obama out of office. That did not work, thankfully, because black people went out and voted. Black people went out and voted. Now, Barack realizing that we wasn't safe, <laughs> this is the part that you heard me say a lot. Spent the whole year in 2014 campaigning and begging black people to get out there and vote because he knew that the only way they could stop him from doing the things that he wanted to do for black people was for black people not to get out and vote. If they did not get out and vote, um, the, the Republicans, the GOP, the racists was going to take over the House and going to take over the Senate. And there was nothing he was going to be able to do. And exactly that happened. <laughs> A lot of guys sat on their asses. It was about, I don't want to call the numbers, but it was like stupid crazy. I want to say it was about one out of 300 black people that was eligible to vote went out and voted. Like, it was crazy. I stood in those lines <laughs> and watched nobody that looked like me going to vote. Because guess what? Republicans, because I used to be one, they know when to get out and make sure they count. Now, the problem is there's not many Republicans when it comes to Republican and Democrat. It's way more Democrats. And there's almost no way for Republicans to win if Democrats come out and fully vote. So it was overwhelming. <laughs> um, Republicans, the GOP, the racists took over House and Senate and blocked everything Barack Obama did from 2014 to 2016. So he wasn't able to cement his legacy for what he did for black people. Even though the stuff that he did for everybody also helped out black people. Because um, if you live in the hood, you're still in America, and you now have health care that you wasn't able to have before. Now, some states fucked that up by um, there was additional funding that the federal government 
gave to some states in order for them to be able to fully comply with Affordable Care Act. Places like South Carolina would not take that care, which is one of the reasons why I hate Nikki Haley. <clears throat> Her and Lizzie Graham, both of them could go jump off an airplane into the blades of a swirling helicopter, and it wouldn't bother me at all. Anyway, um, <laughs> but um, so the federal side of Affordable Care Act got you to a certain level, and then in order to get it past that level, some states need the substance. And those states were, they got the substance, but some states turned that substance away because they had to accept the substance. And the substance was for, like, um, building roads, um, equal pay for teachers. I'm talking about for South Carolina. Um, building roads, equal pay for teachers, uh, Planned Parenthood, and Affordable Care Act. That's what it was for. It was like you had to take all of it, and you had to use it to better all of those programs. Now, if you ever come to South Carolina... In 2019, here's the things that we are having trouble with in 2019. We're having trouble with roads. <laughs> We're having trouble with equal pay for teachers. We're having trouble with, um, what's that thing? I just said it. Planned Parenthood. And what was the fourth thing? Oh, and, and. We're having trouble with the Affordable Care Act because you have to, the Affordable Care Act is supposed to be health care for all. In the state of South Carolina, there's a minimum amount that you have to make in order to qualify for Affordable Care Act. That's not what it was meant for. So, difference between 2019 <laughs> and 2009 is we were able to get a black president able to look back on the black president and see the changes that were made and the changes that did not get to be made because we didn't get out and help him out. But what's going on in now as a side note is the GOP has succeeded in stopping him from submitting his legacy. And now they're pushing out a narrative that he never helped the hood. He never helped black people at all he was the worst president ever like they're pushing that narrative and i want you guys in 2020 to be weary of anybody who says first of all be weary of anyone who doesn't vote and tells you that voting does not help because 2020 is coming up this is a big year for us <clears throat> any black person even if any black person any person at all that's telling you not to get out and vote it's been a disservice to you. They're not there for you. They're against you. And the reason why is because you have one. Okay, so 2008 election was huge. Um, 2010 midterms, they were, they were, they were, it was important for us to be there. We just wasn't there, but the swing didn't fully swing all the way over. And it made it very important for us to get out there in 2012 and 2014 to vote. We went out in 2012, voted, kept rocking. 2014, we did not, again, did not vote. 
and it messed up what we was going doing. And again, 2016 came around <laughs> and we did not vote. But on top of that, you had people that was like, I'm not voting for Hillary, went out and voted for Superman. You have the statistics that says that white women went out and voted for Trump uh, five to one, something like that, which is crazy. Like, But you also got to realize that um, <laughs> um, in the republic manner, like, Women are supposed to follow, and I get feedback, I get flipped back for this, but this this is what's supposed to be like in in that form, in the way America is raised, in the way they teach you in the Bible. Women are supposed to support their men. So, in this Bible thumping area that I live in, a lot of these women are gonna support their men because that's what they're here for. They marry their men, or either they're told to marry this guy. Either they're forced to marry this guy or this guy impregnates them so they got to get married to him, whatever like that. But they end up in the household with this man. And no matter what that man does, they support it. And that's just the way it is. And if that man says, I'm voting for Donald Trump, here's why. He doesn't even really have to say here's why. I'm voting for Donald Trump. He sounds like a good man. That woman is too. Most of the time that woman is too. And it showed in the voting polls that that's what was happening. Um, white women, especially suburban women, voting for Trump in married households. Um, some single women didn't, but it didn't. It did not matter that he was put out as a rapist. Like none of that matters because to the white men out there that was voting for him, it didn't matter to them. So if it didn't matter to them, the people that they're sharing their household with didn't matter to them either. So anytime I've been hearing a lot at the end of the year in December, I heard, I ain't even going to call their names out, but people that claim to be um, black activists um, go, and black Muslims <laughs> go and say, that voting doesn't matter. Like, they don't follow voting. They don't help anybody for voting. They don't push towards it because that's a political thing. But the whole, I mean, we live in America. Like, there's ways that we could do things in America you could work with. We have, anyway, 2020 coming around. I, I, I was about to get on the spool. And on a spill, and I think I should only get on a spool and spill stuff if I have another person here. So I'm not going to do that right now. What I am going to do is say that in 2020, we definitely need to be weary of people that tells us that our vote doesn't matter and that um, Obama didn't do anything for black people because he did a lot more for us than we did for him when he needed us. Um, What else? Do I have anything else for y'all today? 2019 to 2009. Big difference. Oh, so um, another difference is um, Juvenile was taken over from 990 to the 2000, and he's not doing anything right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, 
basketball. Um, LeBron James is the greatest player in the world. And he has been that way for about, uh, I will say, 15 of his 17 years. Kobe haters don't want to hear that. Um, Kobe was around in 2009, but the greatest person in basketball player in the world back then was Michael Jordan. Or if you ask me, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Jordan. Um, Michael Jordan started folding in 99-ish. Um, and then Shaq came along 99-2000, drove that thing on out until LeBron took over. So... LeBron came in in like 2003 because he'd been playing for 17 years. Good Lord, that's a lot of time. So, yeah. But LeBron wasn't the best player until you. It took him about three or four years to get there. And he started taking over as Shaq started fading out. Notice. Notice how I'm not saying Kobe because it's undisputed that Michael Jordan was the best basketball player in the world during his time playing. It's undisputed that Shaq came up and took the mantle from Michael Jordan. And it's undisputed that King James came and took it from Shaq. Now, I can say that Kobe might have got a year in every once in a while <laughs> between all that. Not during the Michael Jordan years, though. During the Shaq and LeBron years. He might have came in and got, like, a year, one of Shaq years, one of LeBron's early years. That's about it. But biggest difference between 1999 and 2000 and 2019-20, it's LeBron. It's the king now. As a passive first player, he he doesn't have that attack um, alpha male um, wear a person down, curse them out, intimidate them type style of play. Softer, you may say. <laughs> wow, and, and believe me, I'm like I'm a I'm a LeBron stan. Um, LeBron over Dennis Rodman. I mean, LeBron over Michael Jordan is the way I roll. However, in 1999, <laughs> the style of basketball play was aggressive and beat that dude down till ain't no beating down no more. Allen Iverson was on top of his game somewhere in between all that too. Um, but beat that dude down. And beat that dude down was the mentality back then. Now it is be passive. Um, slap hands with everybody, be nice, everybody's friends. So, and, and that's that's one of the biggest difference between, I'm going to say, overall in our culture. In our culture now, because we have the ability to see everything that goes on at all times, um, we are not as communicative as we used to be. We don't go out and see each other like we used to. Like right now, I'm sitting to you talking to you on the internet. Um, you're listening to me over the internet right now. And it used to be in order for me to be able to do this 20 years ago, I would have to be on a radio station. I would have to go make radio my job 
and go sit at my job and do the radio and then go out and do meet and greets with people all the time. Um, I don't have to do that now. Like, <laughs> in 2020, I am the type of person that goes out and meet many people all the time. Um, but I am able to have two other jobs and do this at the same time. So I would not be able to do this in 1999. If I did, um, I would not have a life. Like, I'd probably be on cocaine. Because <laughs> I would go. <laughs> but, um... Uh, that's a that's a big difference now. Like now, I could I could do my first job in a day, and then I go chill, holler at people, um, do my second job, and then do my third job. Like I actually do three completely. I'll be doing four completely different things in about two weeks. So this this is this could not happen without all the technology that we built over the past twenty years, and that's another big difference. So, um, my air conditioner came off. I forgot to turn my air conditioner off, and it just came on. It's telling me that it's time to go. So, until next time, take care. Be safe. Holla. I'm focused on that finish line. Developing a strong mind. Years ago, they stopped making my kind. Yeah, I lose sleep, but it's all right because I'm on the grind. <laughs>